Hello friends and welcome to another episode of Current with Al Senna. Counting the days, living, raising kids, and loving during the pandemic. If you're counting along with me, today is day number 10 and it is episode number 7. I'm titling this episode, Super Pink Moon. Yes, that's right, tonight there will be a super pink moon. And, if you're not familiar with it, it is also linked to the end of days omen, a rebirth and increased seismic activity. So let's see if all that happens. Alright, so let's jump right into the caseload today. Um, We are still seeing quite a few um, uh, deaths increase uh, throughout the United States, and uh, it's always saddening. Uh, But jumping right into it, um, the John Hopkins University of Medicine Coronavirus Resource Center has us at 1,390,000 total confirmed cases. 383,000 of those are here in the United States. To break things a little bit, uh, to break things down a little further, we'll go to the world meter, um, where we saw an increase here in the United States yesterday of 30,000 total cases, and again, um, over a thousand deaths. Um, so far throughout today, we are not halfway through the day, and we are sitting at 19,500 uh, cases uh, confirmed, and then uh, 1,400 deaths. Um, so, uh, really. Just saddening numbers continue to uh, continue to rise uh, as we move forward, um, but we're also seeing uh, some other areas of, of the world starting to be impacted pretty significantly. Uh, France, uh, as of today, has 11,000 cases confirmed, which is twice as many as they did yesterday. Um, and uh, they are already sitting at 1,400 deaths for the day uh, to where as yesterday they were at 800. Um, and so we will uh, continue to monitor some of these other countries to see how they're uh, faring as time goes on. Uh, but just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. Uh, so as we've been moving forward, how can we help? Uh, I had a conversation with my wife yesterday and uh, it was talking about everyone, you know, standing out on their porch and uh, applauding the the frontline workers, the health corps workers, the uh, the first responders, the uh, the public transit folks, everyone who's doing everything they can to help everyone uh, that is being impacted and, uh, and that is infected with uh, the disease. And so, I think that's obviously amazing. Um, but I also think that uh, it might be a way for us to to do something that. For, for me, I, there's not much I can do, um, and it is important for me to be able to say thank you and be very appreciative uh, of the efforts that people are putting forth, um, but I still feel like there's probably a little bit more that I can do, um, and so I just wanted to share that I think right now is a great time to donate. Um, if you have it, if you have the means uh, to donate, whether that's um, you know, money or, or specifically blood. Uh, the Red Cross is in need of, uh, of blood donations. Um, and so I'd encourage you all to take some time uh, to uh, explore your options that are available to yourself. Uh, so if you have the ability to donate, uh, take some time to do that. I'll be sharing a link in the description today that'll uh, show you a bunch of different options that are available out there for you uh, if you feel so inclined. And uh, one second here. Yes, son, how can I help you? gonna go back to your room okay okay thank you sir
All right, so jumping into the spotlight today, we have two articles, both of which are, at NPR, are out of NPR. Uh, and part of the reason why I selected them is because they highlight two things that are happening. One is uh, a really huge um, number in a, a very saddening way, and then a very low number in uh, an encouraging way. And so uh, I wanted to jump right into the first article. Um, this is, again, from NPR, written by Vanessa Romo. Um, and the title of the article is New York Governor Andrew Cuomo Reports Largest Single Day Increase in Deaths. Uh, obviously, it's a terrible uh, piece of news that we're learning about. Um, uh, but yesterday, um, and in the article, it says New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said 731 more people died on Monday due to the coronavirus, making the largest single-day increase in fatalities in the state since COVID-19 pandemic began. Um, and uh, he goes on to say, which I love, I, I've been talking about this uh, the last couple of episodes myself, um, but uh, he goes on to say further on, uh, quote, Behind every one of those numbers is an individual, is a family, is a mother, is a father, is a brother, is a sister. So a lot of pain again today. And uh, yeah, it just goes to show you that we need to keep uh, we keep these folks in our minds um, because there is a person behind every single number, and we can't uh, we cannot uh, become complacent with the numbers as they continue to rise. Um, and uh, I'm imagining at some stage. Um, all of us will uh, be impacted in one way or another or know someone who has been impacted. So I uh, just wanted to keep that in, in mind. Uh, now, something a little bit more encouraging, depending on how you look at it. Uh, moving on to the second article out of NPR. Yes, sir? Do you need some? No, do you? No, I'm fine. My hands are, are, uh, are perfectly moisturized. Do you need some lotion on your hands? You already did it? Okay. Or you just come in to share? Oh, thank you, sir. I'm I'm actually perfectly hydrated. Just grab it if you need it. Okay, thank you. Alright, so the next article coming from NPR again, written by John Ruich. Um, uh, the, the headline is, China reports its first day with no new COVID-19 deaths. Uh, the article goes on to say that um, China on Tuesday reported no deaths from COVID-19 for the first time since it began publishing data about the outbreak more than two months ago. The milestone comes a day before the government is set to lift outbound travel restrictions on people in Wuhan, the country's hardest hit city. Uh, with a population of more than 10 million people, Wuhan has been under lockdown since January 23rd in a bid to stop the spread of COVID-19. The first cases of infection with the coronavirus were detected in Wuhan in December. Um, so it sounds like maybe some positive news coming out of, uh, out of China. I'm not really sure. I'm going to take it at face value. I'm not really sure how the, how the, uh, the information is coming out of China um, because we've struggled with that uh, since the beginning of the outbreak. Uh, but when you look at it, um, to put it into perspective, uh, Wuhan was locked down in December, or, or the first cases were detected in December, and it was locked down since January 23rd. And only up until the last couple of weeks uh, have they been been starting to resume life. Uh, and even that comes at a pretty high risk because they have a lot of imported cases coming back into those areas. 
um, and there are small little cases and then clusters um, that are moving throughout that area. And so if we put it in perspective, that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's three months of, uh, of a lockdown. And, um, you know, we're just getting into about the, uh, I'd say right now we're about four weeks into ours, um, a little bit less depending on where you live. And so if that puts it in perspective, uh, you know, we have a larger population um, than what uh, this is in reference to. Um, and we're not doing uh, what we're supposed to be doing. Well, uh, there, a large majority of us are. And uh, the attorney general came out and said that today, that there were uh, I'm sorry, not the attorney general, uh, the surgeon general uh, came out and said that there was a lot of, uh, the majority of the population was actually staying indoors. However, if you think about what they did in China, uh, pretty draconian measures, uh, so much so that they were welding people inside of their buildings so that way they weren't able to come out um, and, and policing the streets uh, pretty significantly. And so uh, just put that in perspective. Uh, we talked about yesterday about what you can do that's stay home and uh, I'd much rather us do that voluntarily uh, than have to result to the measures that they are doing because uh, three months is a long time before they uh, are just starting to set out into the community but it is a positive uh, piece of news and the fact that uh, we have not seen uh, a death coming out of China so far so all right uh, moving on to uh, life uh, in the pandemic uh, today is was a great day for me. I got so much accomplished, and and I'll and I'll dive into the details of what that is before. But my day starts off pretty similar every single day, or at least it has been up until today. And that is jumping on the phone at 7:59 a.m. and trying to get into the phone queue for the unemployment office. Now I'll be first to say I'm very thankful and I'm very appreciative of the people who are working in the unemployment office because I cannot imagine what it is like to be working there right now. The increase of de- uh, the increase of claims, uh, the constant questions, the uncertainty coming from the federal government, and then the antiquated systems that they use on a daily basis. Uh, so I'm very thankful. Um, today was the first day. This day was the first day in seven straight days that I was actually not including the weekend that I was actually able to get through to a human being. Now, granted, I. I had to wait for an hour to actually talk to someone, but the phone rang through. I got into the queue and uh, I talked to a human being. Otherwise, I would have just the phone would have cut out and uh, the call would have failed, like it's been doing the rest of the week. Um, so I had all my questions answered. I got everything set up the way that I was hoping it would, and I couldn't say uh, I couldn't say anything more positive about my experience uh, because the person I spoke with uh, was incredibly pleasant, knowledgeable, and helpful. And uh, I took the time to thank her for um, her efforts and uh, the service that she was providing because I could not imagine uh, all that uh, those folks were were working through. And so very appreciative of that. But you know that's just one aspect of life and living in the, in the pandemic and when you start thinking about how others are are uh, impacting each other throughout a daily basis and so you know we, we talk about people delivering food and uh, I think that's great sure if you if that's something that you want to do and uh, you feel like it's safe enough to do that that's great 
uh, but let's think about the people who are doing it. Now, perhaps they are doing it because they have to. That's their ways uh, of, uh, of earning a paycheck and, and certainly don't uh, stop that. But let's be considerate uh, of when they are. And so just take that extra time to maybe uh, throw them a, a, a couple of extra bucks on a tip or, or just say thank you for um, going above and beyond and helping us out in a time where we need that help because regardless of how or why they are doing it uh, the fact is is that they are um, and they're providing something that uh, you and I um, probably shouldn't be doing on our own or, or uh, don't have the means of doing on our own and so um, that's just another example of how we can be a little bit more uh, thoughtful with the people that we are interacting with um, that that even goes so much as far as you know you know, connecting with people at the grocery stores, if you are interacting, you know, making sure that you're doing your due diligence. I would even go as far as saying, you know, just how are you doing? Um, but really, uh, you know, you know, being passionate by that, uh, that question and, and be interested in how they are doing because everyone is responding and reacting a little bit differently to this event. Um, and, and I think it's a great opportunity for us to connect um, a lot more than what we've been doing in the past. And that's coming from someone who actively chooses not to talk to people but uh it's been feeling really good to be able to interact with these individuals uh on a more human level as uh we're going through and getting our basic needs and services taken care of so just wanted to put that out there i think it's uh, a good way to start thinking about things because uh, it will set us up for the future when we do come out of the back end of this uh maybe uh, uh people will be a little bit more uh, you know friendlier and kindly or kind to each other so um uh, moving on to kids uh it's all about rationing supplies. And so I don't know if any of you out there have actually ever changed a, a, a dirty diaper, um, a poopy diaper to be specifically, with one uh, baby wipe. Um, but I will say this, that is not how you ration things. It's okay to use two in that scenario, not only for your own protection, but uh, for the cleanliness of the child. But I will say, that um, if there is a premium on toilet paper, there definitely is a premium on baby wipes. And those things are like $500 bills just slapping right out of the package. Uh, because every time that we go and we change my six-month-old, we contemplate how many wipes are we going to use. And we're hoping that it's going to be something that we can manage with one. And then if not, uh, then we're also contemplating, you know what, let's just shower her down and see how that works. Um, and that's that's a joke, just in case anyone uh, wasn't aware. Um, but it's something that we're thinking about right now. Is we, we never thought that this would be uh, something that we're thinking about. Uh, and there are multiple ways that we can start creating our own things like that and, and uh, conserving. But I think the main takeaway for me is, you know, how do I, how am I able to conserve uh, as much as I possibly can and stretch it as far as I can? Not to the point where it becomes unsafe by any means, but you know, I want to be able to stretch that out as far as I can because I don't know when. Uh, we'd be able to get, um, you know, um, a backup supply. And we have quite a few right now, so I think we'll probably be good for several months, but uh, it's just something that's on top of their mind. And uh, it just, it's really highlighting, uh, you know, how much these kids, um, you know, just make messes. And uh, yesterday we heard that I had to take a break for me to help my child, uh, you know, finish his business. Um, and uh, what I'm realizing is that the majority of my day, uh, I'm just arms deep in, uh, in fluids, bodily fluids. Um, and uh, I'm surprisingly not that bothered by it. 
and when I say it out loud, it sounds disgusting, but there's just some sort of weird connection that uh, I have with the children that allows me to push through it, um, and maybe it's just a way of expressing my love, because I know they can't do that on their own, um, but, um, but yeah, there's, uh, uh, raising kids is, uh, in the, the pandemic is, is frequently opening my eyes to new things. All right, so loving in the pandemic. Uh, what's uh, what's interesting about this is I'm starting to run out of thoughts and ideas because uh, a lot of what I'm doing is, is just a, a perpetual continuation of, of the thoughts uh, that I have been having. Um, it's just a way for me to reinforce and continue to strengthen the foundation um, of our relationship. Um, but uh, I did come up with something today, and uh, I think it's valuable uh, in terms of like an analogy. Um, you may or may not be experiencing this, but in my household, I uh, have one individual who is doing a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to going out, uh, going to work, uh, and risking uh, her life um, to to help the family. Um, and I think if it became to a point where we really felt like this was um, so unsafe, then we might make some changes. But uh, as of now, she's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And uh, the way that I've been thinking about it is that I need to be her porter. I need to carry as much as I possibly can for her. Um, and so whether that's cleaning the house, doing just making it a point to uh, be as helpful as I possibly can and to lift um, um, everything off the shoulders as, I po- as much as I can. Um, and uh, I've been trying to do that, and I think that it has helped. Um, if you ask her, she'll probably say that it's helped quite a bit. Um, and uh, there's always something else to be doing, but uh, that's the way that I'm, I'm positioning myself. That's the way that I'm thinking about it, um, is that she's carrying us through a really difficult time from a financial standpoint. Um, which uh, we're very lucky and, and very uh, um, very happy that she is able to do, um, and uh, so that's why it's even more important for uh, for us to to do what we can um, and, and help her and carry those things. And so that's kind of top of mind. Um, I think that she'll she'll like the uh, the analogy of, of uh, you know me walking behind her and carrying her everything as she's uh, you know going about her day. Um, and doing things but uh, I did take my advice as well yesterday we went for a walk before she came home and I have to say that it was life-changing that's amazing to me how I never came up to came up with that idea prior Um, but we did do it and uh, when we came home she had an opportunity to step into the house uh, you know run through the house uh, and, and put everything in the areas that she needed to without being accosted by her children or her husband and so I think we'll be doing that on a regular basis from now on. And so it just goes to show you uh, that uh, if you put something uh, out there using your words and your voice, uh, you might just come up with uh, a good idea, as uh, trivial as it might, it might sound. So uh, moving on to preparedness. Um, this is something that's come to my attention that we need to start doing if you're not doing it now, and that's errand prep. So we talked a little bit about wearing masks in public and how we like to think of it as missions. Um, but even going a little bit further is, you know, carrying a kit with you. Um, so that way when you are doing your errands, you have everything set up in the place that you need them. You know where everything is. Um, and it's, it's a quick in and out process and it's something that you can repeat. And so it becomes more habitual as you do go out, uh, for necessary, uh, for necessary trips. 
And so there's kind of two ways uh, to think about it, in my opinion. Uh, you can have a clean section and a uh, and a dirty section in the vehicles. And, you know, milk crates work great for this or just cardboard boxes. I recommend cardboard boxes if you have them. And just set up two boxes that uh, allow you to store the items uh, that you are getting from the store uh, that are dirty. And then uh, have an opportunity to keep some of the clean stuff that you, uh, that you have in the car uh, for, your, uh, for your trips. Uh, so that way they aren't combining with some of the dirty stuff. So the things that I'm talking about, you know, if you have like sanitizing wipes in your car or if you have gloves or if you have masks or whatever it is that you use to go out on a daily basis, you can have a spot in the car that allows you to, to keep it there and know that it's constantly going to be in a safe, clean area. Uh, and then also have a designated area for uh, dirty um, and so that way everything is separated and then once you get an opportunity to sanitize everything that is dirty uh, you can rest assured but then it becomes this habit so every time you leave the house you have everything set up uh, as long as it's every, everything is restocked um, and you go out you get your things you put them in the dirty you come back um, and you go through that process again and then it just becomes um, it becomes habitual and then you're able to, to feel at ease and hopefully that will bring down some of the stress if you are experiencing the stress when you are going to the store and so something that we're going to be uh, implementing and uh, we started thinking about that a little bit more as uh, we made one of our final Costco runs last week um, and I think it'll be pretty advantageous as we move forward because every little bit of preparation, planning, and strategic uh, implementation uh, will eliminate some of that stress for you. So um, hopefully that is helpful and uh, maybe you haven't thought of it, maybe you have, um, but uh, I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts on some of the things that they're prepping for. So, all right, so the... The final, uh, the final thing that I wanted to discuss is, ah, that's better. Uh, yesterday I took a deep breath and so I'll go ahead and do it again here. Ah, that's better. So what are some of the things that I'm thinking about? Yesterday we talked about humor and how that is helpful for us. Um, and something that we're starting to move forward is how to stay active. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you have already been thinking about that as that is a challenge, but um, specifically for me, it's going to be around uh, stretching and flexibility. Um, uh, and then when I get an opportunity to get out and about, definitely exercising. Um, but I'm starting to feel that tightness growing. Uh, and um, one of the great things about you know what we're doing now is it really gives us an opportunity to dive into our uh, you know our minds and. Uh, you know, flexing our minds and stretching our minds so that way we're feeling a little bit better. So uh, might recommend some, some meditation, some yoga, um, just sitting quietly, um, stretching, um, anything that you could possibly do to kind of help uh, recenter yourself um, and take off some of the tension that you have uh, because it can uh, escalate pretty quick and it can compound um, and you know, I, I, I've, I've felt okay, but I'm now I'm really starting to feel way on the body uh, because I haven't done much for myself. Uh, I've been doing a lot for the kids. Um, speaking of kids, yes, sir, how can I help you? Is it, you say that every time I'm out here. What do you mean? You, you come out here every time and say that it's hard. What are you going to do now? Uh, me 
wherever because your, your, your quiet time is almost up. Okay, well that was a riveting conversation, son. We'll see you shortly. Shortly. Oh, those are yours, yes. All right, thank you. All right, folks, yeah, so uh, that, that's kind of top of mind for me right now is the ways that I can stretch my mind and, and uh, ultimately that I'll, that'll, uh, you know, come back and I'll be able to stretch out my body and my muscles and, and hopefully not feel as stiff, uh, both physically and mentally. It should go a long way, uh, but if, uh, you know, my kids are any indication of how, it'll probably be in spurts of three to five minutes, so I might be doing that throughout the, the entirety of the day. Uh, to get some of that in there uh, or I might just start waking up early uh, I've never been a morning person but it might be time to be uh, because if my kids can sleep until seven um, and uh, I can get up around five that'll give me two hours to kind of start the day fresh and so we'll see how that works out uh, there's a lot that plays into that um, but uh, that might be something I might uh, try and start doing so uh, good recommendation for yourselves too if you have the opportunity wake up early get things started get motivated and uh you know even if that's motivated to watch you know the full season of tiger king uh on netflix it doesn't really make a difference as long as you're getting up and uh and starting things off uh with some production so um that's all i have for today i'm looking forward to, to speaking with you all tomorrow let's keep an eye on the numbers and uh don't forget um those articles will be in the description for you to take a look at and if you have the means please donate. With that being said, much love.